God's raising up a group of people that want to serve God, going to live right and take dominion. The church is an army. In the army, they tell you when to get up. They tell you when to make your bed. They tell you when to eat. They show you how to march. They send you to Iraq. You can't say, I don't want to go to Iraq. I want to go to Hawaii. Get that sorry back to Iraq. You're in the army now. It's time for the church in New Orleans to fight for your life. Come out of Lodibar. Kick out of your mess. Fight the devil. There's no weapon that's more powerful than a worshiping saint. If we praise him and worship him and pray and love one another and commit to the power, we'll go back to the intent of God. God is moving at an accelerated rate. We must move with him. Because we're going to miss that moment that God has set for us. It's time for us to get up and progress. Come on, Praise Church. you got to help me here. We get the hand of the devil and we come against it in the name of Jesus. There's oil money in this church. There's oil money. There's oil money. Come on. Loose into New Orleans for the church. Body of Christ. We break the hold of the devil on the Mississippi River. We break that thing in the name. Shut up, devil! Shut up, devil! Shut up, devil! You spirit of Python, we bind you. We break your head. Stand on your head. We loosen your grip. The money's coming. The blessing is coming. We bind abortion and witchcraft and drugs. We bind it in the name Kabbalah. We take in this city. Shut up, devil. We are taking this city. You've been here too long. We are taking it by force in the name of Jesus. We close the supply in the demonic world. Like Elijah, we declare in the demonic world the supply is closed. We shut your supply. The flow is over. But we declare in the house of God, abundance is coming. The flow is coming. The anointing is coming. Elevation is coming. Promotion is coming. It's a new day. We open the floodgates of heaven. We shut the demonic system. We bind the witches of heavens. Witches, if you don't repent, you're gonna die. Let's really have this move of God that's been pending over this region. And let's really believe God that what is overdue this is the generation that's gonna reap the other men's harvest. But the harvest is long overdue. If somebody's gonna reap it, it might as well be me. If someone's going to be blessed, it might as well be me. If a church is going to grow, it might as well be mine. If someone's going to make five million dollars, it might as well be me. I'm calling tonight for some family to stand up a generational blessing and let's take what God has promised this region for years. The season for the breakthrough is here. There's apostolic juice that's rising up. Deliverance is inevitable. Revival is on the way. The breakthrough is here. Generational money is about to unfold. We're about to get a permanent building. The devil is a liar. 
Amen. God has taken all of that to save it for one big harvest. He hasn't given it to you in one chunk after the next. It's just one massive harvest. I want the devil and his mother-in-law to know it's coming in one harvest, baby. It's a bumper harvest. So enlarge your territory. Lengthen those stakes. Enlarge your tent. Lengthen those cords. Drive the stakes in. It's the season of enlargement. This church, I'm telling you, you're about to explode, my goodness. And we call it now in the name of Jesus. We call it, we insist on it, we believe it, we take it, we claim it, we own it, we possess it. Last night in the in this place was amazing. We're gonna uh, we encourage you to enter into worship with us tonight. So why don't you stand? Lord, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are, Holy Spirit. We welcome you into this place, oh God. We ask that you would be be you would transform us from the inside out, Lord. Lord, we give you all the praise, the honor, the glory. We welcome you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to somebody and tell them there's no one greater. Amen. Faces I've come to know Times I've celebrated Sweet drink I've tasted They come and go Sing it out tonight. Greater joy on earth. Search high and low. Nearly everywhere I go. No greater Oh, come on, sing it together. My great inspiration. Great inspiration. Heart's motivation still comes from you. No one more forgiving, no one more forgiving, no more healing, no one more healing, no one more true. But there was a treasure, poured without measure, a light so bright. Sing it out like you believe it tonight. Greater joy. No greater 
With all my soul, I lift you up. With all my soul, I lift you up. With all I am, I lift you up. Come on, sing it to him. With all I am, I lift you up. Come on, sing it again. Say with all my heart, I lift you up. Say with all my heart, I lift you up. With all my soul, I lift you up. Say with all my soul, I lift you up. All my strength. great in our lives amen in this service tonight he is greater come on there's no situation that you've come in here with tonight that he can't handle amen because he's greater he's stronger come on somebody believe that tonight come on i wish we had about two or three people who would say if it's greater let him be greater if he's stronger Come on, let him be high. Tell him that's it. I searched all over. Then I searched all over. I searched all over. I searched all over. Come on. I searched all over. Still could find nobody. Still could find nobody. I searched all over. I 
searched all over. I searched all over. I searched all over. Searched all over. I searched all over. Somebody give him some praise tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, nothing's going to stop our praise tonight to the Lord. He's worthy. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All our eyes on you, Lord. Yes. All our hope in you, Lord. All we want is you, Lord. Yes. We say it again. Say all we want is you, Lord. The Lord is our shepherd. Oh, yeah. The Lord is our helper. Oh, Jesus, lead us. Come on, why don't you sing it out? And show us. Yes. To follow. I want to follow you, Lord. Come on, let's at your cry tonight. Yes, thank you, Lord. Sing it together. Oh, Jesus, lead us. Show us the way to follow you. Follow you. Yeah, it's our cry. We're going to sing it. All our eyes on you. All our eyes on you, Lord. All our hope in you. All our hope in you, Lord. All our trust in you, Lord. All our trust in you, Lord. All we want is you. All we want is you. Come on, why don't you tell him tonight? Yeah, the Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. Come on, sing it to him tonight. Yeah. The Lord is our helper. Oh, Jesus. Oh, 
want to follow you, Lord. Yes, oh Jesus. Come on, sing it to him again. Sing, oh, oh Take it. sing it to him. The Lord is my helper. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Lead us. Show us the way to follow you. You. Oh, yes. Come on, is that your cry tonight? Hallelujah. Come on and lead us tonight. Lead us, oh God. Come on, why don't you just begin to worship him tonight? Lift your voice to him. Your faithfulness, I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. 
you never fail seeing you move you move the mountains and i believe i'll see you do it again you made a way when there was no way and i believe come on sing it to him i'll see you do it again i've seen you move you move the mountains and i believe i'll see you do it again you made a way when there was no way Somebody sing it like you believe it tonight. Say, late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work it's in your favor. Oh yes, come on, sing it again. Say, late, late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn around. Gonna turn around. Yes, you believe it tonight. It's gonna work in your favor. For your family, for your health. Come on, we believe that we decree it. Late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work. It's gonna somebody get excited about that tonight it's gonna work in your favor hallelujah it's gonna work turn to your neighbor and say it's gonna work it's gonna work come on if he's moved the mountains before he's gonna do it again come on why don't we sing it late in the midnight hour God's gonna turn around it's gonna work in your favor come on sing it out yeah Late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. Late in the midnight hour, gonna turn around. Gonna turn it around. Gonna work in your favor. It's gonna work in your favor. Yes, come on. It's gonna work. Come on, tonight is a night of breakthrough. Tonight is your night of healing. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's raise our expectation tonight. Late in the midnight hour. Late in the midnight hour. Late in the midnight hour. the midnight hour. the midnight hour. Late the midnight hour. Late in the midnight hour. work in your favor amen hallelujah we thank you god thank you holy spirit that you are turning things around for our good let me declare that in this atmosphere tonight 
We thank you for healing in this atmosphere tonight. Lord, we thank you, God, that you're here to meet every need. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're not going to give us just enough, but you're going to give us exceedingly abundantly. You're going to take the lid off of our life. God, we just surrender all to you. We ask that you would just have your way in this house. The Holy Spirit would speak, say what he wants to say tonight. Hallelujah. We give you all the honor, all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're so glad that you're here with us tonight. We had a wonderful service last night. Looking forward to another one tonight. And tomorrow night we'll conclude this uh, series of meetings. And we just uh, expectant. We have expectant hearts for all that God is going to do. Amen? At this time, Pastor Marquise is coming. Well, hi, welcome to Praise Church. We're so glad that you're here. Um, as Pastor Bev said, my name is Marquise, and this is my husband, Marcus, and we have the privilege of serving at Praise Church as outreach pastors and under the leadership of our amazing pastors, Pastor Garland and Pastor Beverly, and with our amazing congregation, we have the honor of today honoring uh, and hosting uh Bishop Tudor Bismarck, and so I'm so excited. Are y'all excited about that tonight? Yesterday was amazing, and so we are looking forward to that. And so I have just a few announcements. Um, over the next few weeks, we have our amazing women's conference. So on July 15th and 16th, if you're a lady, we invite you to come. It is two days that are powered packed with so much ministry. There's an opportunity for us to fellowship. We have luncheons, and we have amazing services services that are focused on deliverance, but our, our senior pastor, Pastor Beverly, really focuses on empowering ladies to just dominate every area of their lives. So there's, a, there's an infilling during those services. So if you're a lady, I invite you to come to our amazing services at our campus in Ascension Parish. And then in August, so August 20th and 21st, you can open your phone, set a reminder right now, we have the privilege also of hosting for our prophetic gathering in the fall, Prophet Patrick Kitely. So I'm excited for that. It is August 20th and 21st. We are going to have a commercial with more information about that. But those are two dates that we would love for you to put on the calendar. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. We're going to prepare this time uh, to give our offering or tithes. Uh, at the end of service, you'll have an opportunity to give directly to the bishop. At this time, we're going to be giving towards uh, the expenses for his trip, uh, you know, flights, hotels, whatnot. Uh, so it's a good time to give. And uh, something I realized about giving is that God works through people. And one of the ways that God works through people is through giving. Giving is important. I think we all can agree on that. Usher, you can come forward. Giving and providing services to someone in Jesus' name can lead them to Christ. When you give in Jesus' name, it is another way of letting people know that Jesus cares for them. People always want to know what are the Christians doing and who are they helping. And others may be thinking, God doesn't care about me. God doesn't care about me until all of a sudden some Christians or believers 
lend a helping hand. Just as Christ provided the coin in a fish's mouth, we should do the same to others. We should be providing multiplication and increase to others. Jesus was only doing what he saw his father do. When I thought about the bishop coming to town, it brought me to a passage in Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit, or I seek the blessings or the reward that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What are we going to give tonight, guys? Are we going to give what's in our hand? Are we going to give what did Moses have in his hand? He had a rod. What did David have? He had a sling. What are we going to give? Are we going to give like the, the boy with the fish and the loaves? I don't know what happened to that young man after he gave the fish and the loaves. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, what happened to that little boy? What reward did he get for offering that? That's the questions that I have. In case you guys don't know what you're sowing into tonight, does anybody know what you're sowing into tonight? Was anybody here last night? What got started last night? Somebody said it. Tonight you're sowing into revival. You're sowing into revival in your neighborhood. You're sowing into revival in your family, in your life, in your health, in your finances. That's what you're sowing into tonight. And I thank God that Pastor Garland made a way to bring the bishop down here to New Orleans. Amen. Into Baton Rouge. Amen. I thought about reaping and sowing, and I thought about how sometimes we give to certain organizations. And I thought about a tomato that I planted outside my house. And I thought about that tomato. I said, if I threw that tomato into some rocks, it may have started to grow. Like, you know, you donate to an organization like the SPCA for animals or whatever. It might start to grow a little bit, and I might reap some kind of reward behind that. Maybe if I take that tomato, I throw it into some thorny ground, you know, a tech startup company. I might start to get a little benefit behind that. But then I thought about throwing that tomato to some fertile ground. And I said, what could be the most fertile ground that I could sow into? And that most fertile ground is growing, sowing into the ministry, the ministry of the man of God. Because you know where that seed is going to go. You know what's going to happen to that fruit. It's going to multiply. So this is the most important gift, most important thing you can sow into. And that's to the ministry, so we can save souls. Amen. At this time, we're going to bless the tithes and offerings. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless the people that are going to give tonight. Bless them. We ask for increase, multiplication, and favor for all who give tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may bring your gift forward. Can't have
handle the volume of what's coming because to whom much is given and much is coming so you are your greatest prophet you must prophesy on your life we gotta save the future by saving our present we gotta save our great-grandchildren by saving our children it may not happen here but it's going to happen in my lifetime i believe if rubbish happened in a previous generation it ends with me i'm going to the enemy's camp and my enemy will feed me a better day is coming in your life a better moment is breaking through for your life here comes your miracle here comes your miracle bishop tudor bismarck is coming to praise church of new orleans june 29th 30th and july 1st 7 p.m nightly Visit praisechurchoflouisiana.com for additional information. than your enemies. He's bigger than your challenges. He's bigger than your struggles. He's bigger than your sickness in your body. And he's about to prove himself again and again and again. Your favor is connected to some unfinished business. Your calling is connected to some unfinished business. You are emerging in a time where everything you need is already there. the sound of the new breed marching toward the gate of the enemy oh, I hear the sound of the new breed marching toward the gates of the enemy we're talking about you I hear the sound of the new breed marching toward the gates And I don't care what anybody says about me. March in place. Come on, we're marching toward the gates. Left, right, left. Let me hear you say, I, 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 Strong and serious, strong and serious, clothed in my 
righteousness. It's a new breed. Said new breed, a new breed. You said new breed, a new breed. We're talking about a new breed, a new breed. Put it all together, say I hear the sound of a new breed. Marching toward the gates. some people in front of you, behind you, on the side of you. What I love about this sound, it ain't a black sound. It ain't a white sound. It ain't even about the color of your skin. Tell somebody, it ain't a black thing. It ain't a white thing. It ain't a color thing. It's a kingdom thing.
a new breed. Amen. Thank you, Bethany, and to uh, kids and their parents for helping to make that happen that are, are here with us. Uh, back before Hurricane Katrina, actually the first time that we brought in uh, Bishop Tudor, he came in with, uh, for us and for another church pastor across the river who hosted him. And uh, last year that pastor went to be with the Lord, but I looked back here and I said, I think that's his wife. I haven't seen you, I guess, since before Hurricane Katrina. But uh, Pastor Francis, would you stand? We welcome you here. And we're praying for you, and we have prayed for you and prayed for your church as it went through a transition, as your husband went home to be with the Lord. And we're just so honored to have you here with us tonight. We love you, and um, we have appreciated times through the years that we were able to minister together that weekend, and we hosted a pastor's gathering, a couple of them actually, at the hotel and at y'all's church, et cetera, and, uh, and then we concluded at our church on Academy Drive, and, and it was just a wonderful time together. So thank you for being here tonight. I also saw Bishop Dwight Pate. Would you stand? And Lady Sandra, would you stand? Thank y'all so much for being here from Baton Rouge. And Bishop Cade, is it from uh, Nat Natchez? Would you stand? Where's he at? Okay, there he is. I'm sorry. I don't know where he is. I can't see very well up here. Thank you for being here. And that's your daughter with you again tonight. Great. Thank you so much for coming and being here. And we thank all of you for being here. And uh, at this time, I'm going to turn the service to my husband. <laughs> Amen. Good to see everyone here tonight. Um, <laughs> you have any other ministers in the house tonight? If you do, just stand up and wave at us. Well, I was going to introduce him. It's good to have my son and daughter-in-law and two grandchildren here today. And uh, what a privilege it is to, to be here with you all. They're doing an awesome job down in Homa, Cross Church of Homa, tearing it up down there. And, and uh, God's using them in tremendous ways, tremendous outreaches that's going on. And, and uh, God's just blessing them. Amen. Amen. And uh, we're going to get him over here one day and come preach to us a little bit. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited about tonight. Last night was an incredible night, incredible message. And if you were here and it didn't change your life, something's wrong with you. How many of you are ready for revival? Amen. Where does it start at first? In us. It starts in us as individuals. Amen. Well, I don't want to take any more time. It's a great privilege to have Bishop Tudor Bismarck here with us, and uh, I want you to give him a good New Orleans welcome. Would you do that?
Well, praise the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord, somebody. Amen. And to all those watching us from wherever you're watching us, God bless you and praise the Lord to you. Please be seated. Good evening to our Pastor Garland Bilbo, his lovely, spicy teenage wife, Lady Beverly. Amen. God bless you. Uh, spicy teenage. Yeah. Uh, to Josh and Bethany, God bless you. I saw Josh here somewhere. And of course, Brandon and his lovely wife. Your name slipped me against me. Bridget. Bridget. Kind of like Rachel. Rachel. You guys in Louisiana can't speak, man. He's just like. <laughs> Yay, two or three times, you know. Rachel. Is it Rachel? Oh, wow. And your two awesome boys. Well done. We're so thrilled to hear of all the wonderful things the Lord is doing with you and through you. Congratulations and may you continue to be used of God. Amen. Uh, Dream, come say something so that they can hear that you do speak. Just say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good evening, everybody. I'm Dream. Nice to meet you. It's, it's so great to be here. Um, uh, first time in New Orleans for me. I've uh, been to Baton Rouge before, Shreveport. Um, so this is a first for me. And it's a pleasure to be here with the Bulbos. Uh, Brandon and Bethany, we go back, is it 19 years, 18 years? 2003 was when we, I did. Um, for deliverance and so that's how long I've known uh, the Bulbos um, and so it's really nice uh, to be here with you all um, and I hope you guys receive tonight please pull out everything you want you need tonight from Bishop he'll only preach as hard as you need him to so if you don't need him to it's not his problem I'm just letting you all know but uh, <laughs> But God bless you all, and yeah, over the bishop. As Pastor Francis Altry, it's good to see you. And our condolences to you. Chich and I did get to here, and uh, God bless you. God is uh, an amazing God, and he puts us in each other's lives to encourage and love one another. And I just said, Bishop Dwight, I just got a glimpse of you from the side. God bless you, Bishop. Uh, I know that's your first time. I didn't get your surname. Page. Good to. P A T E. P A T. Good to meet you, Bishop, and your lovely wife. You guys in the Bayou areas here. You old guys keep on getting young women. I mean, how are you doing it with your lovely wife? God bless you. <laughs> And of course, Bishop Cade from Natchez is here with one of my favorite people in the whole world, his daughter, Robbie. Thank you so much for driving all the way from Natchez. Amen. The center of Mississippi. And just everybody else that is here this evening. Also to Sam for graciously coming out tonight. <clears throat> uh, also to Derek and Erica, thank you for your kind hospitality, just kind and loving people. All right, 
I'm working on a series of revival. <clears throat> when we began this uh, organizing our calendar, we felt very strongly to teach, preach, minister, impart on the subject overall of revival into various categories uh, for our presentation. And uh, we talked for a few minutes uh, yesterday on the subject, Revive Us Again. And the subject today is basically a call, a call for revival. <clears throat> a call for revival. And it's not just something that we of Christian persuasion are calling for. In fact, I, I know the elements in the USA that, that are neither Christian, non-Christian, they're just elements. Your state, your city, your freeways are calling for revival. The Bible says that nature is groaning. The universe is groaning for revival. Amen. And so, uh, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done. So we're gonna try to round up as many of the elements as possible. We here individually, it's just if two of us will agree, we, you know, you can have anything, the Bible says. If two of you should agree on earth as touching anything, anything, if it's a thing, anything, it shall be done. Uh, that is, of course, conditioned to where it doesn't violate the highest principles, which is spiritual law, which includes biblical law, voracious law, the Bible, and then laws <clears throat> that pertain to human beings. And uh, that's domestic law. So let's go to our scriptures now and let's read uh, uh, Hosea chapter number six and verse one. And Pastor Ortiz, let me just appreciate you coming all the way from, from Beaumont via Houston. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. We so appreciate it. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 1. And then a whole bunch of scriptures uh, there in between. The nature, sisters and brothers, of this presentation and dream, dream will be timing me. I need until <clears throat> about quarter to nine. Uh, just to make sure we get everything out of this message. This little bit of croup will get away. It's just air and uh, whatever the case might be. We'll be fine. But there's going to be a, a, a case to be made. What I want to do is I want to develop a legal case publicly, and then I want to deal with precedent, which will be previous revivals, just in mentioning, uh, uh, just very, very broad brush. Then I'm going to deal with revivals uh, in my ministry life that we were part of, became a part of, that began because we were there. Uh, some I went to and uh, a couple of stories around people I know in Africa who were responsible for unbelievable moves of God. And once we've tied those up, uh, in the time frames that we have proven time frames, which will enable us to predict when the next movie is coming within a couple of years, uh, that can then heighten our expectation. And once we get to that place, a legal framework, 
and we have precedent established with a time frame of which we can predict, then we can approach the throne of grace. Uh, we, we don't want to approach the, the highest throne in the heavens. See, there are seven heavens. Let, let me just take a breather. There are seven heavens. Paul said I was going to the third heaven and I wanted to present a legal case about my situation. And the voice said to me in chapter number 12, I believe it is, of 2 Corinthians, that uh, this is not uh, a legal issue. Uh, this is a grace issue. My grace is sufficient for you. So you go to the lowest heaven, which houses the throne of grace. So the Bible says that when you pray, uh, you can approach the throne of grace with boldness. But the throne of grace is not the same as the judgment seat of Christ. So if you are now in the second heaven and you have a fruit issue, because the judgment seat of Christ deals with fruit issues, the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of your life, the fruit of your labor, the fruit of your sowing, you can take it to that court and it can be settled because it's no longer a grace issue. If you're dealing with the legal issue of demonic barragement, that's the third heaven. The seventh heaven deals with injustices perpetrated against you directly by the demonic world. That's the white throne judgment. That's the highest heaven. And that's where all the cases are going to be settled at the white throne judgment. And this is not a teaching on that. That's a whole nother deal. And so what we want to do here, we want to then bring our case, at least for some, to the third heaven and put a demand on the court of heaven to release the revival that is we are entitled to. Don't let me stand here by myself. I'll be standing by myself for a long time because I, I went to a boarding school. Don't let me stand here by myself. Amen. Every person here in this room, whether you are just visiting, you're not a Christian, it's like, why'd they bring me here? You got some kofed from somewhere speaking. But I'm telling you, even you that's skeptical, in, in your family life, something happened back then that entitles you to a visitation from God. And I call that revival. And if you don't want it, God doesn't mind. He'll just fold it up and he'll pass it on to your grandchild who will probably do better if you mismanage it. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and everybody that's up there. Hey, I shouldn't have missed it, those guys. Can you see what's happening now? <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. All right, let's go now. Hosea chapter number six and verse one. Come, request, let us return to the Lord. Love it. For he has torn, for he has torn, but where he has torn, he will heal. He has smitten. But where he has smitten, he will bind us. Yeah. Say heal us. Yeah. Say bind us. Yeah. That means to, to wrap up, to, to cover, to soothe. 
For after two days, he will revive us. After two days, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. After two days, he will revive us. Amen. Everybody say, a call for revival. Habakkuk chapter number 3 and verse number 2. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet. Verse 2. O Lord, I have heard your speech and I was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. Say in the midst of the years. That's in the middle of the years within a calculated period of time, revive your work. Because if you revive your work, it'll give me something to do. You could be working for Budweiser as a Christian. And there's a factory somewhere down the road here that may employ 5,000 people. If the saints of God pray for Budweiser to shut down, you lose your job. I'm just saying, somebody's going to drink it. Somebody's going to make it. It doesn't have to be you. Just make uh, 180000 from that. And remember that the tithy belongs to the house of God. And that tithy, don't forget that tithy, baby. Amen. <laughs> and so what I'm saying is that revive your work. God's working in the Toyota assembly plant. I use Budweiser as an extreme. But, but you know what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. God's work is in the mall. But that's shut down because he's got a developer from California coming in. So God, he, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The Bible talks about the works of the devil. The Bible talks about the works of the flesh. The Bible talks the works of your hands. And so uh, 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 the Bible talks of the works of the hand of Pharaoh. And so, so the point here is that God is being asked by Habakkuk, please, can you revive your works? We are long overdue for this. Like, 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 like Samson and like, like, well, like Gideon. He's like, we heard about what y'all used to do way back then. You know, can you say y'all for me? You all say it so nice. Say that again. I should make that a ringtone. Y'all. That's the funniest, funniest little bit of American language. Y'all. And he's saying the miracles that y'all had way back in the beginning, where are they? We're struggling. We're being attacked. Our supplies are being taken. We're being humiliated. We're being, uh, 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 we are bamboozled by all these attacks that don't make sense. You know, where are they? And, 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 and it's not that they've gone. They, they're still in the B-I-B-L-E. It's something for us to claim that if it's the stuff for me, I, I got to get what's in the B-I-B-L-E. <laughs> Amen. And, and so if it's for you, say it's for me. And if you agree, say revive your work in the midst. So, so he'll come in this group. He'll come in your family. 
He'll come in a village. I, uh, one of the best ministries I know of in Africa is in Tanzania by Apostle Mungwira. And he is the most uh, enigmatic. He's such an enigma of an individual. You know, he, he was just a, a, a young village boy uh, looking after livestock and couldn't speak, barely speak his, English, his language, couldn't speak English, and his mother died. And so he'd heard his mother had died, he raced to the village, got there, and uh, he cried and cried. And for a day and a half, he just running from where he was for over a day, he was just holding his mother and crying, holding his mother and crying. He was wet from the tears, his mother's garments were wet. They were trying to get him out of the mud hut, he wouldn't leave his mother. He then kind of like passed out from exhaustion, uh, emotional, mental, physical. And uh, when he woke up, well, in his, uh, wherever he was, in sleep or in a dream, in that dream, the Lord called, told him, said, I'm going to use you very mightily, and it's going to start with your mother, and your ministry is going to be too big for you to uh, even measure. And so he woke up, and sure enough, his mother was saying, what's wrong with you? I was just sleeping. And they said, no, she had, she, they told her, no, you were dead for three days. This guy was sleeping for a day. And so she'd made him his favorite soup. And uh, then people had heard about her being raised from the dead, as it were. Derek, to answer your question. And uh, suddenly a line of people started to form, and they got healed. So when I went to his ministry a few years ago, uh, their camp meeting in the northern part of Dar es Salaam in Tanzania. It's like his campground is massive. It's 10 kilometers by, I guess, 10, but most of that is for gathering people. And the average attendance in the conference that night was like 150,000 people. And so I was teaching prosperity. That's what they want me to do. And in the middle of my message, the Holy Spirit explodes. And for over an hour, people are running to the front, just throwing money, watches, phones, clothing, because there was an anointing to give. The people were willing to sow. And God began to move. And, and those acts of uh, giving and generosity by very, very poor people broke something in the heavens. But, but a revival broke out in that man's ministry. He's got several campuses in Dar es Salaam that literally well, they seat over uh, 20,000 people. The aisles are very wide. The aisles are probably as wide as the platform. And I said to him, you know, you've got a 20,000 seat and your aisles are so wide on both sides, you know, you could get chairs in there. And, but I, I, I noticed that there was water running through uh, in, in the troughs. And uh, he said to me, oh, that, I said, well, that's brilliant to bring the, you know, cool the building. He said, oh no, Bishop, it's not cool the building. He said, this whole building, which is sitting on like 12 acres or so, it's a fish farm, this is a fish farm. So we've got two meters, uh, which is like maybe seven feet deep into the ground, uh, that wide, with water being spun around and they're growing tilapia in there. Because the buildings only be used on Sundays and then Wednesdays. So the rest of the time they're growing tilapia. And a revival that they're having, it is a phenomenal revival. It's one of the most stunning things from, is that Stacy? Oh my goodness. And so in the middle of all of that, this guy is having this unusual outbreak of the Holy Spirit. And revival comes when you least expect it. 
In fact, it comes when you don't want it. And so I kept on saying, it's tricky. I don't want revival. I don't, I used to wink, I'm winking. I, I don't want revival. <laughs> Say revival is coming. Say revival is coming. Amen. We're calling for it. And God is going to revive his works. I said God is going to revive his works. And so what we have to do then, uh, th there's several areas we have to prepare for. Everyone say prepare. prepare. So I would encourage this assembly for every one of you to, to, to get reasonably physically fit. Because revival is a lot of hard work. I'm telling you, when the HG starts moving and, and people start getting healed and people start falling on the ground, make sure you get your insurance and stuff together because there's always somebody coming to bump their head and make a claim. Uh, uh, make sure that your bathrooms are good. All of those things, you're getting ready for revival. Amen. The rule at church, and we tell them every Sunday, pre-service meeting, guys, if there's an anointing on the praise and worship, and, and we don't have to end after those songs we're doing. If, if we're going to be here all day, we're going to be here all day. But if we can't be here all day, let's just get everybody to clear the parking so the next service can come in. <laughs> but we are always on a high alert. If the HG is in town, we're not doing anything. And, and most of you here look like you are familiar with, with interventions of the Holy Spirit that go un if you don't interrupt it, it can go uh, uninterrupted f for days and days and days. And I'll get to some of that in a minute. Amen. Say, come revival. The second thing you have to not just be physically fit, you have to have a strong mental attitude. This assembly, you must believe in your leaders. Revival cannot come if you do not believe in your leaders. He that believeth on me, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow. And so I'd say to the Jabula leaders, you guys don't believe in me, as the scripture has said. Be because you don't have your first instinct for Tudor Bismarck. Your first in instinct is for someone else. Uh, your first instinct is, is uh, we just want to go to church on Sunday. If your first instinct is today's the day of revival, you are, f you are constructing a, s a level of expectation here so much so that if you are on the road to Emmaus and discouraged and you are so Christ-centric, wherever he is, whatever assignment he had, maybe to take his blood to the heavens, to exhibit it before the throne of grace, as was ex expected. Jesus had to be pulled away from that assignment because two sincere men gathered together in his name. And he said, if two of you gather together in my name, I'll be there. They were walking back to the Old Testament to Moses and, and to say, the law is what we have to lean on. And so Jesus then was sucked out from his assignment join these men because they called it in their bodily presence. And the Bible says he called them fools, teaching himself, beginning with Moses. And he explained to them that the law was just the shadow, but there is an actual body, which he was. And then they go in and he breaks the bread. And when he breaks the bread, which is the symbol of revelation being revealed... 
They saw the Christ when revelation knowledge was open to them. Amen. Amen. And so what happens, sisters and brothers, is that as, as you begin to uh, uh, convince yourself, they ran from where they were all the way back to the New Testament Jerusalem, waiting for the power to be received on high. Because that stranger who is Jesus, and then when they appeared to him, he appeared to them later, said to them, wait in Jerusalem until you get the power from on high. Amen. Can I preach this thing? And, 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 and so, so, so what happens is that, that you have to believe your leaders. You have to believe it's any time. It's any moment. You have to believe the scriptures. You, you have to believe the scriptures. You, you, you have to believe the prophecies. If it was just one African guy with a magnificent shirt, my God. I mean, you're a bad man, but you need a shirt like this, Sam. Jesus, oh, good. It's probably a lawyer, my God. <laughs> Please listen to me. If you come in here and you tonight's the night. It's miracles tonight. Fibroids are falling out tonight. Cancer is going tonight. Amen. Joy is hitting my spirit tonight. I'm probably going to be slain under the power of the Holy Ghost tonight. My God, I should have been like Benny Hinnia and showed up wearing a white suit and started singing hallelujah. Maybe something would have happened. But you don't need that if you have a church that believes, that knows it's about to happen. I've got a feeling that something is about to break out in the spirit. Come on, Holy Ghost. 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 Give someone a high five and shout, it's on, it's on. Revival is coming. Revival is here. God is about to move. God's about to throw his weight around. God's about to move that devil. God's about to answer your prayer. Come on, Holy Ghost. My head's about to explode with the anointing in this place. My soul is about to do some cartwheels for what God wants to do up in here. Woo! Turn to never say you've got to prepare your spirit. Not only do you prepare your body and your soul, which is your mind, your emotion that is about to happen. Prepare your spirit. Amen. You fast a couple of days, you put some prayer in there. Amen. Not a prayer request. Not a God help me with my Kroger's bill and, and help me with my uh, Amtrak or whatever. What's that? What's Amtrak? <laughs> oh, whatever. I don't know. Amen. Uh, Amway, Amtrak, what's the difference, amen? They both have to go somewhere. <laughs> Don't put a prayer request in. It's like, I I'm, I'm feeding revival. 
I'm feeding revival. It's like the flames are so low. I'm there. It only takes a spark, baby. I got you. I got you guys. It's amen. Amen. It's just technology. Church will never say, you got to blow on that revival. I feel a fire starting. It's just a spark, baby, but it's about to be a forest fire. California, you haven't seen a forest fire yet. There's a train coming. There's a revival of brewing. There's a fire about to break off in somebody's spirit. It's starting inside of you and it's going everywhere. If the Holy Ghost is going to fall somewhere in the world, it might as well be here, right now, in this place. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. I said, yeah, Lord. Come on, clap those hands, everybody. Amen, 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 amen. If you can feel it, just clap your hands and say, come revival. Come revival. I didn't see that sign. What does that sign say? You're going to leave me by myself. It's okay. I, I, I've come for what's happening. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Holy Ghost. Yeah, Holy Ghost. Humba chamba shoka basaba. Oh my God, my God. Come revival. Come revival. Come revival. Come revival. Don't break out in Biloxi and pass us here and go to Houston. Come here, revival. Come and drink a water here, revival. Don't jump by me, Lord. Don't skip me, Lord. Don't. John 5, he's like, there's a, a, a great mass, a great mass of impotent folk. A great mass of churches that need a revival. A great mass of families that need some help. A great mass of businesses that need to be resuscitated. But he's going to walk all over and just step over everybody and come to one person that's there for 38 years and heal that man. Amen. God, don't pass me by. Pass me not, oh gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Savior, oh Savior. Don't pass me. When you're healing, heal me. When you're prospering, prosper me. When you're lifting someone, lift me. When you're raising someone from the dead, raise me. Oh! When you're putting the Holy Ghost on someone, baptize me. If you're answering prayer tonight, hear my cry, O oh Lord. 
attendant to my plea. Take a seat, amen. Let's take a breather. Are you all ready for this, amen? It's coming down tonight, amen. So God works between the years. Everybody say God works between the years. Uh, can we put up that scripture again if it's on the board? Habakkuk 3 verse 2. Oh Lord, I have heard your speech. Not your word, your speech. And I was afraid. Oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. So in the midst of the years means time frames. Galatians 4 verse 4. When the fullness of... See, it's time frames. So even though he wanted to bless Adam with a first son, the Messiah, he could not bless Adam with the Messiah as a first boy. There was a time assigned for the Messiah. And everybody else preceding that time had to wait for the promise of the Messiah. And so there are some things that God wants to do, but God cannot do. Let me frame it this way. Everybody's familiar with the tabernacle, the courtyard, the holy place, the holiest of holies. What happens in the courtyard won't happen in the holiest of holies. What happens in the holiest of holies will never happen in the courtyard. They all in a small space, they all occupy a little dirt, piece of dirt, but, but each one divided by a wall or a barrier determines a different experience and a different quality of God that is there. And this can be accessed every day, the courtyard, the holy place, morning and evening all the time in the courtyard here morning and evening beyond the veil once a year and so with those timings we can predict where god will show up because of timing all right let me run it to you this way you're taking a delta flight from New Orleans, say New Orleans. Say it like me, say New Orleans. That's better, amen. New Orleans. New Orleans. From here to New Orleans, from New Orleans uh, to Atlanta is one hour, uh, two hours and one minute. From wheels up your wheels down and so when those bad boys punch that thing into the computer the computer then tells them calculates the wind the weather direction flights in the air touchdown time all there the exact time and so if you are up in the air for 20 minutes and you start screaming and shouting what's this airline come to they can't even arrive on time well you still got goof head one hour and 40 minutes before you touch down was Windsor, you understand? And so we then have calculated 
through precedent, and I'm giving you a broad brush and an idea of what we can expect because there is a call for revival. I said there is a call for revival. And this meeting is designed to be such a meeting where we are sounding the trumpet, declaring the prophetic clarion call that revival you are somewhere looking for a place to rest. We are here and we are available. We will manage your traits. We are here. Amen. So, so, so. Uh, 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 let's go to the year 1900. Let me just back up just a little. And there are people that study this. I'm, I'm not trying to give you a lecture or teaching uh, on, on uh, church history. Just some highlights from a time perspective of God working his hand. In 1883-1884 at the Berlin conferences due to the outbreak of the Holy Spirit in Europe, the leaders of the evangelical movement had a plan that they could reach the world, the entire world, with the resource that was available in 25 years. And so they said that by 2000, no, by 1915, by 1915, uh, they will at least have a presence of Jesus Christ in every single country. So they were going to start from 1990 to, to, no, Tudor, from 1890 to the turn of the century, 10 years. And then to 1910, another 10 years. And then five years to 1915. So now when brethren get together in unity, Psalm 133 verse 1, it's good, it's pleasant, God loves it, for there God commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. It is like, so the first thing that happens when men gather together in unity and blessing is released, the first thing that comes is anointing. It is like the anointing oil that comes in the holy place, holiest of holies. That's Aaron's head. Comes into the holy place, his beard. Comes into the courtyard, his garment. It comes into the holiest of holies. Comes onto Aaron, not just his beard, but his headship. It comes on him as a leader that God would bless him mightily. It then comes on uh, uh, his beard. It's not just the leadership within the church. It's the structure of what God, in essence, is doing to, to bring the human element of the body together. Because now you have access to all of that. And then it touches every single person. And so what happens is that this once-a-year once experience here is going to cause this area over here to be sustained for a whole year. And so with the principle of revival from what we've seen, the Holy Ghost will fall, boom! And then the afterglow is what we enjoy. And so when the brethren got together from a revival in Europe and formulated 1883 Berlin Conferences and 1885 Berlin Conference, that's when they knew we could reach the world in one year, in 25 years. So what the Holy Spirit did 
The Holy Spirit then gave, because the Holy Spirit is the builder of the church. Jesus said, I will send you my contractor. And so the Holy Spirit then gave us what we need the most. That was my time. What we need the most, that was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And in Topeka, Kansas, from 1889, at midnight, the 31st of December, coming into the 1st of January, 1900, a group of students were praying in Topeka, Kansas. Most of you know this, for those that don't, just some history for those that do, a good refresher. And they read as students, it is said in the book of Acts that every time someone received the Holy Spirit, there was the evidence of speaking with tongues. And they began to say, we want this. And apparently they had been praying for a couple of weeks, the better part of 10 days and 10 nights. As they were crossing over into the 20th century, as they crossed over, a woman began to speak with other tongues. And days later, others received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, beginning what is called the Pentecostal era. And from there, different groups began to formulate Church of God in Christ, Assemblies of God, Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, the conglomerates of Pentecostal groups. All of those were used as spirit-filled entities to get the gospel to the world. The devil did two things. When, when the Holy Spirit was poured out in 1900, the first thing he did, he brought, con brought controversy. Or is it controversy? It's controversy. <laughs> and so the controversy was basically, some said, this is not God. Others said, it is God. Some said, in fact, this is so not of God, this is of the devil. These are demons speaking. And so, where the blessing could have been brought because of unity, the blessing was not brought, the anointing was then diminished. It wasn't whole anointing, it was split anointing. It was divided anointing. And so now the nation that came under the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, as was in the day of Pentecost, the nation began to become denomined. Denomination, divide the nation. And then it became denomined, divided on racial lines. And uh, uh, yeah, 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 he's coming now. Amen. Thank you, Caleb. Amen. For helping Joshua. Hallelujah. Amen. Ah, yeah. And so when the nations were denominated, the founding of denominations, instead of us getting together, y'all, we sang to ourselves, we fought against each other, we criticized ourselves, angels can't be there. A dove cannot be where there is, uh, uh, there has to be still water. Sheep must be led beside still water. Sheep have to have green pastures. We can't be escorted through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil if he is not with us. But he's outside knocking on the door. Psalm 23. And so uh, in 1915, 1914, the devil did the second thing he does all the time. 
The devil brings war. The first great war broke out because revival was going everywhere now. And the first great war broke out in Europe, the First World War. And then 1929, Wall Street crashed. It drove especially American people to their knees. And an infrastructural development program began for freeways and uh, uh, et cetera, states, uh, ways, et cetera. And this is American stuff, you know it. And it created jobs. But what it did was it took a lot of people out. And because of deep prayer, because of the recession, uh, in fact, uh, what is it called again, Dream? The Great Depression. It brought s such significant, phenomenal prayer. And so from New York all the way to Omaha, it's like a 2,000-mile corridor. And from New York all the way, sisters and brothers, to uh, Corpus, a Bible belt began to become more solidified with, with an idea that God has not forsaken America and that in God, Americans trust and that with the help of God, this nation will not be defeated. It will build again and it will build well. And as usual, the devil, as God raises up gifted people, he raises up controversy, controversy. And so now, in 1948, which is 50 years from the initial outpouring, 48, 49, 50, boom, out of nowhere, here comes William Graham, Billy Graham. And then God starts raising up others, Ern Baxter, T.L. Osborne, A.A. Allen, Oral Roberts, William Branham, uh, and you begin to name all those guys. A, a, a movement began, and basically from that era, from the year 1900 to 1948, which is like 50 years, those 50 years with churches forming and groups forming, the chief anointing around those groups was the fivefold ministry gift of the pastor. God restored the pastor to gather the sheep from different folds and to take care of the sheep. But what the sheep were waiting for was for Rachel's flock to move the stone to give access to the, the rivers of living water. So in 48, when the stone was removed, and in 48, when God blessed all of the men and women I mentioned there, a revival broke out in America, broke out in Canada, and hit the USA. Some of the greatest gospel uh, uh, gifts to the body of Christ ever were released in an era. Again, it was interrupted by war in Korea and there was a horrendous war affecting the United States and it began challenges on our continent because T.L. Osborne came to to Kenya and to uh, uh, the, the Uganda and in Lake Victoria baptized in one setting one million Africans the power of God was so great A.A. Allen went to Nigeria and forever changed Nigeria. Oral Roberts and William Branham came to South Africa and Zimbabwe respectively. 
and literally shook that southern continent. Amen. And so, and so what the devil organizes is confusion and, and, and division and war. And so uh, 1957, from, from 48 all the way to 1968 became the evangelist era. And in 67, in a Catholic nunnery, a bunch of nuns began to pray in other tongues in a, in a different kind of a way. And that was the official beginning of what is called the charismatic movement where God moved outside of Pentecostalism, which was so stuck up preaching to itself and singing to itself, God then went to the most unconventional people and put what the Pentecostals needed the most, a free flow of the Holy Spirit, which was a repeat of the Lateran movement in Canada. The Pentecostals, me being part of that bunch, accused the charismatic movement of being synthetic of the devil, not of God, it's a counterfeit, it's a weed, it's growing too quickly. And there were Gamaliels among us that said, don't judge this thing, lest it be God, you'll be fighting God. And so the charismatic movement then moved very quickly. Uh, and that gave birth, sisters and brothers, from the 80s and the 90s to the era of the prophetic. And many prophets, the late King Clement and others, rose and they were at their peak in the 80s. In the 90s, the apostolic era began, where prior to that, if somebody said they were apostles so-and-so, you'd think they need a whole lot of Prozac and its relatives. But now everybody and their mother-in-law's apostle so-and-so. And we won't deal with titleistic uh, religion will just stop here. But it was a sign that the apostolic era had began. And that was from 1990 to the year 2010, 10 years. So, so follow me now, okay? Follow me now. From 1900 to 1948 or 1950 was 50 years. From 1948 to 1968, the evangelist era was 20 years. From 1980 to 1990 was the apostolic era, with the prophetic era, which was 10 years. So you have 50, 20, 10. From 1900 to 2010, you have 20 years, which is 20 years. So now from 10, you're going to 20. So where we're sitting right now, we're sitting at 2020. And so we now entered into a decade that is not a five-fold ministry decade, it is now a kingdom decade. It is now a, a, an environment. Please watch me. Please watch me. Watch me. There's a lot of things colliding at the same time here. It's all kinds of spiritual freeways converging in the same space. Okay? And so, so the, the, the payment that God gave Noah's sons, he gave them two thousand years each for helping their dad save the world and two thousand years uh, is like a day with the Lord is a thousand years a thousand years is like a day so for the kingdoms of man God gave uh, firstly the sons of Ham the first day 
He then gives the, the, the sons of Shem the next two days, or pennies. Shem. And then he gave the sons of Japheth, that's the Caucasian folks, 2,000 years. So the first 2,000 years after the building of the ark, the color, people of color in the world were the dominant features in the world, leading in education, leading in engineering, yada, yada, yada. And then out of the blue, it changes to Babylon, the Medes and the Persians, the Greeks, and then it starts shifting now from the Greeks to the Romans, which ends an era of Shem and introduces the era of Japheth. That tenant of God's commitment to Noah for saving the world, that expired in the year 2000. And so that now gave all people groups, besides the Jews, now equal rights because it was not the day for certain groups. It's now everybody's day. People of color, Caucasian people, Semite people. That's why in the world now, all people groups are rising at the same time if they don't hurt each other internally. And so, so uh, all the leases that were given, all the leases, including the one in Israel, all leases had expired in the year 2000. And in the last 20 years, the reason we've been having so much hell is because there's negotiation in the heaven to negotiate the new lease. And to negotiate who gets what. So when Jesus is standing on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses and Elijah, the new lease for grace was being negotiated and signed off by the, uh, the prophets and, and signed off by, by, by the, 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 the prophets and the, the, the law. So Moses is the law, Elijah is the prophets. So they sign grace and give it to the son of grace for 2,000 years. But grace ended. We are still under grace, but grace ended. What we are now in, we are now in a kingdom dispensation where the Mephibosheths who have been sitting way out there in Lodabar, kings but poverty stricken, kings but walking, kings but eating rubbish, kings running in the wilderness, thy kingdom come! And so we are now in the kingdom era. The same Jesus. See, he said to his disciples in Acts 1, he spoke to them in many infallible truths concerning the kingdom for 40 days and nights. And said, go to Jerusalem and wait until you receive power from on high. Verse 4, will you restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? It's not for you to know the, the times and the season that the Father has put in his own hand. Verse 5, but you go to Jerusalem and wait for power. Verse 8, go to Jerusalem. Wait until you get the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what we're seeing here is that now God has created a kingdom environment. The strangest popular songs for Christianity are coming out of the strangest groups. Which is fine. Uh... The, the, it's not like the God is changing. I want you to imagine a massive triangle. Everyone say, a massive triangle. A massive triangle. Massive triangle. So what's happening now, 
The pieces, say the pieces are moving. How's my time? I've got 10 minutes. All right. I, I, I don't want to get out there and just leave everybody hanging. And so on the top, you have the high-ranking individuals. Saul was still king, and when David cut a piece of his garment, David felt like he had smitten God's anointed, which he did. And if David had just said to King Saul, I was in the cave with you, uh, it would have been evidence enough that he was there. But when David cut a piece of Saul's garment and cut the king's garment, what David did, he created an opening in his own anointing for somebody to cut him in the future. And so, oh Jesus, and so what I'm saying here is, is that, that certain things can't take place because the triangle hasn't changed its royalty level. So when God raises a man or woman and puts them in place, even if they are immoral and hateful and a lecher and turn and don't know what gender they are and whether they spirit or something crazy, amen, uh, tilapia, and hopefully the shark might swallow it, whatever the case might be. Whatever they might be there, they are still there. Ask Saul, Paul, when, when he spoke rough against Caiaphas. They slapped him and said, speak you blasphemies against the high priest. He said, I didn't know he was the high priest. Because between Caiaphas and his father-in-law, they were having elections and that would shift from time to time. And so Saul felt it was right to be chastised because of what he said against the high priest. Jude said <clears throat> an age will come where people will not honor dignitaries. They won't understand the dignitaries of the heavens. They won't understand the dignities of the earth. Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah, a season will come in the earth where you'll be ruled by children and children will be your leaders and kings will be walking and slaves will be riding. And, and there'll be no old man to, to keep uh, uh, advice, uh, to give advice and, and guidance. You're going to be led by youth. Youth are going to be dictating the day. You're going to have a squad that don't have any experience trying to tell you how to run a country. Oops. Quickly, quickly. Holy water. Amen. Holy water. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Can I rewind it? Can I take that back? Oh, it's out there. Okay, so my point is now... We are now coming towards, sisters and brothers, uh, 2022, 2030 is not far. And so between 2020 and 2030, we, we're watching the heavens change. We're watching climate change. And that's not emissions. It was predicted already. We're watching uh, rumblings of wars, watching the Ukraine, watching uh, Russia, watching China flexing. We're watching America uh, 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 kind of like wavering. We're watching Europe totally waning. And uh, uh, we're seeing uh, uh, unusual uh, weather climates and so on. And so what we're looking for now is uh, uh, the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom. Then shall the end come. 24, 14 of the book of Matthew. Now, for a rapid eye close, let's go to Hosea 14 and verse 6. I'm calling tonight 
as an African apostolic leader, I'm calling for revival on the spot. So that's what I'm calling for. And, and Bishop Dwight, wherever you're from, wherever your spot is, we're calling on your behalf for revival on your spot. Natchez, Bishop Kate, we're calling for revival. We're calling for revival. I had a, a, a missionary we served at a post office box from 1976. He left, I kept the box, and then during COVID, we lost the key. We didn't know we still had the box. Anyway, we finally found the key uh, late last year, opened the box, and there was mail in there that was back posted in that box from the UK and around the States for almost three years. And so what we're doing is this message is turning the key and opening the post box. And when you open your envelope, it's a delivery of revival that should have happened two years ago. It's been in your post box all this time. And so we're here to call for that revival to be released. Uh, Stacey, I'm not afraid that, that oil has gone up. And the reason it's a good sign for me because it means that the anointing oil, that's expensive, amen. Somebody has to pay for that to reach for it. The, the beautiful oil that's coming, sisters and brothers, is, is beautiful oil that's coming. The crushing of the body of Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, his crushing was actually an olive. He was a pure olive being crushed in the garden. And that oil anointed the day of Pentecost. The body of Christ in the world from 2019 to now has gone through a major crushing. Where's that oil? Where's that oil? It's about to fall in churches and on leaders all over the world. Give God a praise. Hosea 14 and verse 6. His branches shall spread. And his beauty shall be as the olive tree. Say, Lord, send me the olive tree. Say, Lord, send me the olive tree. I, I don't have a motto like brill cream. A little dab will do. I want the whole thing. I said I want it all. Baptize me in a river of oil. Give me the whole tree. Send me a thousand angels with two thousand hands and grab the olives on the tree and squeeze every one of them all over me. I want to be like Jehu, totally drenched in the oil that breaks every yoke, disturbs every devil, opens every door, opens every highway. Can I preach like I feel it? There's a call for revival. I'm calling for the Holy Ghost to come. Hosea said in 14.7, they that dwell under his shadow shall return. We've been in the shadow for too long. Beth, baby girl, I've been in the shadow from my last revival in 2004. That's a long time to be in a shadow waiting for God to show up and show out. 
But he said to Hosea, you're about to return from out of the shadow. I want you to know I'm back. I feel like Arnold. I shall be back. And I am back. Did you miss me? Come on, I said, did you miss me? I know the devil didn't miss me. I'm here to torment you before you really go to hell. Shout, I'm back. And the Bible says they shall revive as the corn. I'm about to revive. We're about to be revived. Give someone a slap with a high five. Say, be revived. Be renewed. Be rejuvenated. Be rediscovered. Be restored. Oh, yes. I feel a call for revival. I heard Hosea say, come now. In Hosea 6 verse 1, come and let us return. For he has torn and he has smitten. But he's sure enough to bind us and heal us. Shout God is healing and God is binding up. There's been many scars and many, many breaches. But God is healing and binding. Heal the brokenhearted. Bind my torn spirit. Heal, oh God, my sick mentality. But bind my soul. Heal, oh God, my, my ruptured life. But also now bless the way that I take Shout amen. The revival is on the way. And I call it now. Turn to your neighbor and say, help me call it. Let's call that revival. Put it into your house. Oh, Medina. Pull it into your house. Oh, yes, Rahab. Rahab. Pull that revival and pull people into that revival. Ruth, you are so out of it, but pull that revival into your life. Hannah, you're so out of it, but pull that revival into your life. Esther, you're an orphan girl, but pull revival into your life i said woman you've been in the house for 12 years with nowhere to go hemorrhaging and dying but pull that revival into your house you are about to be healed Chirus, your baby's dying and can't be healed Pull revival to the house. Don't worry if someone interrupts you along the way. But revival is coming to your house. Clap your hands for revival. It's coming. I heard Isaiah say, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. The 
redeemed are returning. The blessed are returning. Those that are righteous are returning. The power is returning. The grace is returning. Miracles are returning. Praise and worship as it ought to be is returning. Power in preaching is returning. Power music is returning. Massive choirs are returning. Big revivals are returning. Respect for the house of God is returning. Honor for the man of God is returning. Respect for offerings is returning. seated now I'm going to go to a number of stories which are precedent by which we can legally claim what you need in the background Sam is playing great is that faithfulness from C sharp Seven years old, 17 years old, 1974. My best friend was Moses in Lovu. My dad had just got saved, started churches. So, working in the railways in the middle of the bush, uh, my dad was sending me, Ephraim Moyo Moses, from village to village, walking uh, and preaching to people, baptizing them as we went. My dad then sent me to a place called Indiva, Gueru. Finally, he sent me to a place called Bohera, where there are several nights. Some of the most extraordinary miracles I've seen in my life, just 17 years old. Uh, there's an old man that was healed there. It's phenomenal, phenomenal healing. Uh, some of us raised from the dead. That night, my last night, Sunday night, I preached from Corinthians. Everybody run, run your race. And your race is given to you, it's not to the swift. But it's given to those that will endure that race. And at 17, the Lord spoke to me and said, you have a very long race. And this outbreak of what you're seeing is the foretaste of what's coming in your life. 
It's, it's a baby Jesus compared to a massive pot. As a 17-year-old, I couldn't understand that. I was about to finish high school. And that's how our journey began. I began as an evangelist. And hundreds of people were getting saved before we got married. When Gigi and I got married, God changed my anointing from an evangelist in 1982 because I began to pastor New Life Temple. And I couldn't preach at all. And I, I, I couldn't understand the differences of anointings. I was no longer an evangelist. I thought I was literally a backsliding preacher because I couldn't preach my way out of a, a paperback from Wendy's buying chili. And then I picked up an article by Rice Brooks and it was the apostolic era is coming. And that changed my life. I have it in a safe because that little simple piece of paper, it came to our post box six times in a row and we kept on sending it back saying it's not ours. But every time I would read that little booklet still today, inside of me, it's like a furnace explodes. So that pamphlet was announcing the apostolic era, but the apostolic in my life. 89 was a horrible year for us. Horrible, it was transitional. I landed in London by mistake. We were taking a tour group, supposed to be a Christian group. Uh, all of the believers stepped out, withdrew from the tour group. I was left with people that were not Christians, respected me, but they're going to do what they do. And so I went to stay with a member of our church in Kilburn in London. And I just had a kill time waiting for that tour to be over. It was three weeks. And so the superintendent of the organization I was with heard I was in town and said, man, can you come preach with us and tell us a few things of you're doing in Zimbabwe? And so I started preaching at 12 o'clock at their church in Battersea Park in London. And I was reading from Genesis 24, talking about Rebecca. And as I began with Rebecca putting water on the camels, I started with the first camel and heaven opened. And from having nothing to do, I preached every single night in London. The anointing was so strong when that window opened. I stepped into a zone of the prophet. My eyes were so clear, I could see things. The gift of discernment was so strong. And also a moment of intercessory prayer. I'd pray in that massive church and also St. Michael's in Cricklewood. I'd go there early in the morning, British weather and all, wrapped up with uh, a cup of soup to warm me. I was fasting 10 days, but I'd write notes your name is Josh you're, this is where you're from for some reason you love LSU <laughs> you have a wife her name is Bethany you have two sons they are men of destiny and put it under your seat and so it just happened that some nights Josh wouldn't be sitting there he'd be sitting like there and I'd say to people just take the note that's under your seat and read it and there'd be jubilation crying screaming deliverance in particular there was a lady over here she pulled out her note 
And the note was, there is no need for you to go for surgery to have your kidneys uh, taken out. Because as you read this note, I am giving you brand new kidneys, says the Lord. She went to the hospital the next day to a doctor. They couldn't believe it, as, of course, they shouldn't, because she had brand new kidneys. But there was a significant moment. The revival that took place in those meetings was so significant. Some people came from Jamaica, and they asked me to go to Jamaica. I did. And while in Jamaica, we went several years in a row. The one time in Jamaica, we had to extend our trip to probably about four weeks. I had to have Cheech come join me. And the only reason we left, the only reason we left was uh, our children were small. And secondly, we had a church, you know, phenomenal revival. From those revivals, a man came from Cayman Islands and asked me to come to Cayman. I said, look, I got to go home, man. And then I used the excuse, it's going to cost too much to change my ticket. He said, you know, Bishop, you should have said you're missing your children. But to say you have no money in Cayman? He said, we have over 500 banks on this small island. There's so much money here. I was like, oh, shucks, I should have said I'm missing the boys. So the Lord said, I need you here. And so, again, a very long story short, heaven opened over that place. And we saw some of the most extraordinary things happen. It's the first time I, I experienced the most powerful on a, the highest level, the heaviness of God. I was stuck on the floor for over an hour, just stuck, stuck, like, like uh, Hulk Hogan was standing on my head. I couldn't move. My lips were stuck. I couldn't speak. And that night I learned about rank because after an hour and a half when I got up, people started to get up in their rank. Everyone that was sick healed. People outside healed. And then the, the joy of the Lord came. I'm talking about traditional Jamaican Pentecostals, big old hats all wrapped up, etc. Uh, men very dignified in their presentation. Just wonderful apostolic church, you know, churches. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord hit, the joy of the Lord hit. And we laughed and laughed and laughed. And I got a, I got a horrible laugh. I don't laugh. I guffaw. I don't laugh like the queen, you know. <laughs> I got a real rough laugh. And I laugh, you know I'm laughing. And we laughed and laughed and laughed. And when that lifted, spirit of healing came and the Lord said there's seven to come at about three in the morning the spirit of prosperity came and every single person that was on a permit that next Monday got a permit to remain in Cayman businesses were granted permits were given the church got their permit they'd be waiting for seven years to build that huge building it was like all over and the major demonic prince was judged and broken, and that's another story. But, but that revival, we left that revival in came and went on for another year, every single night. My last one, and there's many more. Wow. Stand with me, there's too many. 
if you're willing and you're able, please pray after me. Say, Holy Spirit, send revival to me. Holy Spirit, send revival to me. I'm so hungry for it. I'm so hungry for it. America needs it. Whatever town you're from, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, wherever, just call your town. New Orleans really needs it. Really, 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 really. Harari needs revival. We need revival. We need revival. We've got to have. Give me revival or I die. Give me revival or I die. Give me more revival or I die. I gotta have revival. Gotta have revival. Gotta have revival. I gotta, you promised, you promised, you promised. You promised, you promised, you promised. Oh yes, that's it. That's it. Randrebe teke. The spirit of utterance is in the room. Randra telekepe. Oh, shandandara kundele. Oh, Come revival, come revival, come, I'm like Nazareth, come Messiah. Oh, come revival. I'm like Bethlehem. Come on. I'm like Joppa. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on. Oh, Lord. I'm like the Damascus Road. Come on, Holy Ghost. Send us a revival. coming there's a revival coming
1992, a revival broke out in our church in Harare. I didn't know it was a revival. Brian and I didn't know because we started praying in the evenings and it went on for a month, two months, three months, six months, a year, two years, three years, four years. We had no idea it was a revival. We just thought everybody was having church that way. It was every night, every night, until I heard about Toronto and Pensacola, and I realized, you in a revival. And I've wept since then and asked God to give us another chance. Please, God, give me another chance. Too busy, too in a hurry, too websitey. Please, Chichi and I ask for another chance. Just, another, just a little moment, just a taste, just, just a taste. Now, say, see, revival has a name. Its name is revival. So, say, call me. I'll say, I'm calling you. Revival, I'm calling you. for you to be lonely. I'm calling you revival. I'm calling. You've been waiting for so long. For so long. I'm calling you revival. I'm calling you revival. Father, what you gave this region, this region, this region, what you gave this region, outpouring, outpouring, unprecedented outpouring. We're calling you back. We're calling you back. We're calling you back. Revival coming. There's a revival coming. There's a revival coming.
Let's sing it. up right now you know there's a there's a beautiful beautiful spirit in here and it's it's challenging all of us to push in to where he is and just let him do what he wants to do Days to come are going to be incredible. It's not going to be church the same anymore. We thought we had good church. Oh my goodness. You should be seated just for a moment. receive an offering for Bishop Tudor Bismarck, their ministry. And what you've received tonight is a, is a direct result of hours and hours and a lifetime of Bishop pouring into his own life, studying, praying, to be able to pour out what he just poured out. This is not a kind of message that would take eight hours to put together. This is a lifetime 
lifestyle message that came forward tonight. A man of integrity, a man of great character, but a man that hears from God. And this is what we want to pour into. You know, the word says where much is given, much is required. We can use that in so many different ways, but man, didn't you receive tonight? And it was freely given. There was no hesitation. It was just poured out into our laps tonight, into our soul. And tonight we want to be able to pour back out of a gratitude. You know, years, years ago, my, my father-in-law would say this. He said, when revival breaks out, the money flows with the revival. And what starts these things is a gratitude of the heart when people begin to give. And so tonight, let's give. You know, there's some people who say, I'm going to give so I can measure how much I'm going to get back. I'm giving tonight because of what I've received. So I want you to, just, just for a moment, just meditate on what God would have you give tonight. And what would come out of your heart to give. And let's do that. I'm going to have our ushers to come. And... There's an envelope in the back of your chair, should be. If you want to give by credit card, there's a way to give it by credit card. Or if you're writing a check, you can write your check to Praise Church. This offering in its totality will be going to Bishop. We want to bless them. Amen. Good to have each of you here today. Good to have the ministers here today, the bishops from Natchitoches, Natchez, I mean, from Baton Rouge, various different places. Thank you all for coming. We love you guys and believing God's going to pour into your churches. And the churches will never be the same. Amen. Won't you stand to your feet? We're going to pray over the offering. It's good to see you and your family here tonight. Amen. God bless you guys for coming out. Good to see you. Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, we ask you as we give tonight that you'd bring back into our life, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Father, that on every good occasion like this, we would have the wherewithal to give, to pour into that ministry, to plant seed, that our harvest can begin to grow. Father, we praise you. We thank you for what you have done in this place tonight and in our souls, the challenge for revival. And Father, we receive that tonight. Now, Lord, as we give, 
I ask you to bless each one. As we leave this place, I ask your hand of protection upon each one of us. Father, we just, we just take a moment just to thank you. Thank you for what you've done here tonight. Lord, bless us. We give you praise. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you have your offering, just come bring your offerings forward. come back tomorrow night. Bishop said he's just going to start prophesying tomorrow night. He's going to turn it loose. We're going to have church in here tomorrow night. Amen. It's going to be an awesome night. You're not going to want to miss. Thank you for coming tonight. We'll pray God's blessings on you. Don't allow this to slip from you. It's interesting how the enemy works. It's almost as soon as you walk out that door, somebody's going to call you, a car's going to run in front of you, something's going to happen to try to get your focus off of what just happened. Fight for what you have received tonight. Don't let it go. Make yourself a note if you have to, to get you back on course if something comes to interrupt you. Amen? God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you tomorrow night.